All right, and then um, I just got back from the pastor's conference in Calvary Chapel, Philly. I understand Pastor Dave did an amazing job, as he always does while I was gone. Thank you, Pastor Dave and Josh, covering while I was gone. Um, so I want to give you guys just a little highlight from the East Coast Pastors Conference 2020. That some of you asked me. Um, first of all, on the Calvary Chapel Philly app, the entire Pastors Conference is all archived there. So you can go to it with me online. You can watch all the all the sessions from first to, to finish. And then there's a whole page there of like short messages that they had the different pastors do at the conferences on things we're dealing with in church. And so there's a tab there for that. And there's about 20 different pastors that share about a five to ten minute little encouragement. Those are all on the Calvary Chapel Philadelphia website under the ECPC tab, East Coast Pastors Conference tab. And then um, it was just a great conference. You know, I, I was asking one of the pastors, one of the, one of the friends of mine, I was like, do you think, because the pastor there, his name is Joe Foch. And Joe Foch is like, I don't know, you just got to know Joe. He's like the new Chuck Smith. And since Chuck passed away in 2013, we really don't have like a, a Papa Chuck like, like Calvary Chapel had. And, and Joe and Chuck were, were contemporary and really close. Chuck raised Joe up, and he was one of that original group that went out, went to Philadelphia, and just has a huge mega church there now on the East Coast. And um, he just... I don't know, he's like the new Papa Chuck, and he just is a, just amazing. I said, do you think that, that Joe can, like, does Joe make these decisions of how this conference is going to go, or is it just so organic that the Holy Spirit just showed up, and because there was these themes every day, and they were, like, orchestrated, and I'm like, is this Joe doing this, or is this the Holy Spirit? It was too good to be Joe. I like Pastor Joe, but had to be the Holy Spirit. The first day we get there on Monday, the first speaker is a guy by the name of Wes Bentley. He runs Far-Reaching Ministries. All the information I told you guys about a couple weeks ago is out there. Um, he, he gave some DVDs. I put about four of these on the table if you're interested in um, the persecution that's going on among our missionaries and around the world and what Far-Reaching Ministries is doing. Um, if you do take one of these DVDs, watch it and bring it back because there's only four of them. Um, but they're out there on the table. But Wes Bentley shared first. And Wes Bentley... Um, he, he runs the ministry organization. He oversees about 600 different missionaries, um, a lot of ghost missionaries. They have works in, um, he went a while ago when, and do you guys remember when there was great atrocities happening in Sudan where Christians were being murdered in the Sudan? And, the, and so they went there and they started um, training um, indigenous Sudanese Christians to protect themselves because they were like, it was like, you know, the Taliban or not, it wasn't the Taliban there, but the, um, whatever the Muslim faction was that was there, they, they were just raping and pillaging and murdering, and they didn't know how to defend themselves, like shooting fish in a barrel. And so they went there, and they, they started training and arming the Christians and, and raised up 500 indigenous chaplains, um, as they call them, to be able to protect their villages or their places. Twenty-five of them have, have gone home to be with the Lord in this fight over there. But that's a fraction of, of, of what God has done through this um, approach. But anyways, Wes Bentley shared, and he started his, his message. And he, Wes Bentley, he just got He's like a... He's like, he makes D James Bond look like a Girl Scout, you know? <laughs> so he starts the message by, when we pulled out of Afghanistan, what happened was um, many Christians were left abandoned there. And his organization got lots of calls, hundreds of calls, to go and get Christians out. One of them was the leader of YWAM. Youth with a Mission is a, is a, is a global missions program, um, missions organization. The regional director of YWAM was stuck in Afghanistan, the Taliban knew where he was, and they were going to kill him. It was going to happen. Um, when they got there, when Wes Bentley and his team got there and got him out, an hour later, the Taliban showed up to murder him. And he starts his message, he starts his testimony by saying, they, they flew in on a helicopter, 
and they landed at 2,000 feet, and then they had to climb in like 12 hours to 14,000 feet, no trails, just straight up a mountain. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. Like, it's hard enough on a trail, but with no trails, he said he lost three toenails, um, and they got to the top. They engaged, or no, they engaged. They saw the Taliban while they were within 150 yards of them. They were fully armed, but they didn't engage them because that wasn't the mission. They got to the top of the mountain. They let drones, um, they released the drones, and they were surveying to find exit routes to get the Christians out of Afghanistan was the mission. And so when they saw the Taliban within 150 yards, they couldn't engage them because it would have compromised the mission. So Wes said he talked to the team when they, as they started, and he said, what are we going to do if we see Taliban? And the guy said, well, it's not the mission. Let's, let's try to avoid them at all costs and just get up to the top and get the drones released. And Wes said, well, if I see them raping or, or doing something, he said, I'm going to engage them. And since I paid for all your trips, you guys are going to engage them as well. <laughs> So Wes shares his story, tells us all the stuff that's going on in Afghanistan, what they're doing, amazing, getting Christians out there now. Um, he was on the ground in the Ukraine. He, he's been, again, as I said, he was there fighting in the front lines in Sudan and missionary organizations everywhere, and he shared his testimony. And the second guy that got up was not a pastor. He was a UPS driver, and he had to follow Wes Bentley. And so he says, I, I deliver packages in the rain. That was all he had. That was the best he could do to have to, have to compete with Wes Bentley, you know. And, but what was so amazing about this guy was he was just like you and I, just like you folks. He comes to church, attends a church, and God had put on his heart to start a ministry of giving, simply giving Bibles away. He started, he started buying Bibles, and when he encountered folks, he would share with them on his work and his life, and he would give them a Bible. And then, and then he put a little track in the Bible, and he said it's, it's a sticker that goes in there. Because it's not a part of the Bible, it stands out. If it was just printed in the Bible, they probably wouldn't read it. But it's a gospel track in the Bible. He tells them where it's at, asks them to read it, gives them a Bible. And, and then his ministry just started organically growing. He, he works at UPS at nights, delivering packages, and he said that two nights a week, he would get off work in the morning, he would go home, he would start his ministry stuff, working on his Bible ministry, and he wouldn't sleep until it was time to go back to work the next day, and then he would go back to work and do it again. He'd do that two nights a week without sleep. He, 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 was, he was not asking for a penny, any, no donations, um, and people were, were finding out, and they were giving him and making donations and helping him buy these Bibles, and one guy said, I want to invest one dollar, and he gave the guy, he gave him one dollar, and he said, I'll give you one dollar towards this ministry. And he's like, okay. So he took the dollar. He brought it to the bank. It was a single deposit. He deposited $1. You could see it on his bank statement. He showed us his bank statement, and it has a, a deposit, $1. And then he showed the fiscal year of the money that came in, the money they, they needed to buy Bibles. And it was like $208,756.30. And then the money they spent, to the penny, 208750 He said, that dollar made a difference. And, and he's led thousands and thousands of people to Christ just by having a vision and just being available for God and just stepping out and doing it. What was, what was so encouraging to me, and it's just truthful, including myself, that UPS driver who delivers packages in the rain because he's a tough guy, has led more people to Christ than 80% of the churches that were represented in the pastor's conference. Thousands of people to Jesus. 
And, and so the first day, there was just this overwhelming theme. Wes comes up, and Wes is not a pastor. He's not, he's, he's not even a, he's not a Bible teacher, really. He was just sharing testimonies, but the whole, the whole point was just go and serve Jesus. And then the second guy gets up, and, and his whole message was, you know, I'm just a UPS driver, but God is using me to lead thousands of people to Christ, and I'm just buying Bibles and giving them to him. So there's this overwhelming theme that the Holy Spirit is speaking to the pastors about doing something. You know, and if there's any weakness, you know, the first day I said, I, honestly, if I came back and I, tell, and I tell anybody, I tell my church, I tell my other pastor friends, I went to a Calvary Chapel pastor's conference and I didn't need my Bible on Monday. They'd be like, that was a terrible conference. What kind of conference was that? Because, that, you know, that's not Calvary. Normally it's open your Bibles to John chapter 5. And none of that, neither one of them, no, no, nothing on Monday, open your Bibles to John chapter 5. But the message was overwhelming to go. And if there's any weakness of, of open your Bible to John chapter 5 every week, it's, it's if the, the second part of that. Now, if we're opening our Bibles to John chapter 5 and John chapter 6 next week, and we're teaching the Word of God, and what's being translated is that we as a church are going out and doing the gospel, right? Because if it becomes an intellectual exercise every week, and that's all it is, and we just warm a pew, and we go about our life, and we, we come back the next week and, and, and hope the aesthetics are great, and the sermon is good, and the worship is good, and, and, but it's not, if it's not motivating us, if what's happening here in our church and in our churches, if it's not motivating us in our lives Monday through Friday to go and do the gospel, then, then I don't know if we're doing it wrong or, or, or what the deal is. And I know that's the, the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit to convict your hearts, but I was so encouraged. I was so, not, not necessarily, I wouldn't say convicted, but I, I just felt like, 